Welcome to the State of the Bulldogs, a podcast about all things Sanford. From Bobby Bowden to Mr. Beeson and everything in between, we bring you a show on a talent-filled and tradition-rich university that just so happens to play in the SEC's daddy, the SoCon baby. I'm Sam, and as always, I'm joined by Mike and Jeb, and tonight we will be recapping the awesome comeback that Sanford had against the UTC Mocs, sending them packing with a fat L. We're going to talk a little Jags comeback too, because I mean, what a night. And we're going to cover the SOCON action up to date and action on the way to start off the week as usual. We've got a question of the week. Guys, better comeback, Jags or dogs? Definitely the Jags game. <laughs> no question. Wait, really, Mike? <laughs> yeah, just because it's football. I all want right. to hear the reasons why, though. Uh, all right, so... Sanford was what? Only down 16? 19. Okay, 19. Yeah. Does that Still, change your opinion at all? No, it do- that doesn't change my opinion at all either. Uh, I think a 16 or 19 point deficit in basketball at halftime, I think the implications of the Jacksonville Chargers game, way bigger stakes and winning or coming back and winning like that in the NFL – to me, is a lot harder than what Sanford did. I think we see that in basketball, especially just a regular season game too. So I think the Jags game was bigger. And they were at home. And it's like kind of Trevor Lawrence's come to come to his moment. I There was a stat that someone told me. There was a stat that someone told me, and it was like Trevor Lawrence has never lost on a Saturday. I saw that. I was like, Oh, that's a good point. He, I think he was undefeated in in high school. Well, I college. guess he played Friday in high school, but he was undefeated in high school. He only lost like a couple games in college. Yeah, he definitely lost on Saturday. No, he's he's never lost on Saturday. Yeah. He didn't lose a college game at Clemson. No. Well, his first know. year, his first year, I think they went undefeated once he started because he, he yeah took he won the guy. national championship as a freshman, but they, they didn't win his sophomore year. Did they? But they but the but when he lost, guys, Trevor Lawrence he was thirty eight two thirty eight and two in college. Yeah, he lost the national championship. I think once, which then, wouldn't have been on a Saturday. That would have right, been a Monday, which is stupid. Should be all right. So he is started twenty eighteen. Didn't lose. Lost one game in 2019. Lost one game in 2020. Holy crap. Yeah. This is an absurd stat. Yeah. They lost in the Natty to the all-world LSU team. Yep. And then 2020 Clemson. Oh. Uh-oh. They lost to Notre Dame on November 7th. He didn't play that game. DJ did. Oh, you're joking yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how I remember that. Yeah. Oh, the world. How that is an insane is stat. Yeah, isn't yeah. that insane? Here's what else you have to think about here, though, is that there are every NFL season, it's not just like the play. It's not just the wild card round. I think it's like the last couple weeks of the season, there are Saturday games. Yeah. He, the I forgot what was a Saturday the, game. Right. I forgot what the consistency of it was, but like, and I didn't. Guys, that's this. a little scary. No, but seriously, even in the NFL, like he hasn't lost on a Saturday if he's played a Saturday. Yeah, NFL that's game. insane. Wild. I mean, okay, he hasn't lost on a Saturday, but he has lost like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Most he's lost. Yeah, 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 he's whatever. played Pretty on a college. terrible team with Urban Meyer last year. Right. Okay, whatever his record is or whatever, it doesn't matter. He won a playoff game and he came back <laughs> like that against Justin Herbert and a stacked Chargers offense. After throwing four interceptions in the first half. After throwing, after having a horrible first half. I think yeah. that is the – and they were at home um, after winning the AFC South. 
So yeah, yeah that's my pick. Titans. Anyway, I agree. I think it's easier to come back in basketball. You can get the ball back, right? Like you press on defense and try to force more turnovers. Uh, clock management's a little bit easier when you've got the ball in football. So I just think in general, especially in college, like I, if I'm sitting there as a basketball fan and, I'm, and my team's up 15 in the first half, even with 10 minutes left in the second half, like I'm, it's still a game, you know. So I think that makes the the Jags come back even more impressive. But I also think football relies. It's I'm not going to say it's more of a team sport than basketball because I, I don't think it's worth getting into any conversation like that. They're both <laughs> team sports, they, but yes. you have more guys on the field who have to step up and come to the moment in football. And it requires more guys to come and perform in the moment in football. Whereas in basketball, you could have one dude or two dudes playing really good defense and one dude just goes off and like carries your team. So, and I'm not saying that's discrediting everyone else on the basketball court. I'm just saying you you have to rely on a lot. Like you have to come together more as a team on the field in football. The more is required for, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the margin of error. So I agree with all of that, but I don't think that the Jags win is more impressive, and this is why. For one, you have two games where one team lost it, the other team won it. The Chargers lost that game. They should not have lost that game. They gave it to the Jags. You take the ball away four times, you still thrash them on offense throughout the second half. It wasn't like they couldn't move the ball. It wasn't until the very last drive that they went through, or the second last drive that they went three and out. They were able to move up and down, up and down, but weren't able to capitalize. They weren't able to seal the deal, finish them off. On the I mean, other is that the hand, Chargers or the Jaguars defense Chargers. stepping up? No, it is not the Jaguars. De- you, you cannot say the Jaguars defense stepped up when they allowed like 500 yards of offense. Give me a break. On the other <laughs> hand. Well, how many of those yards were in the first half though? On the other hand, UTC got shut down. So there was a fl- not not necessarily a flip of the switch in terms of energy, but there was certainly a flip of the switch in terms of success Sanford was having on defense. They had been pressing, you know, the whole game. They had been playing pretty tight D on the perimeter the whole game, but in the first half those shots were going in. In the second half, it seemed like Sanford just got that much just cranked up the intensity just a little bit more to where the press was disrupting their midcourt transition to offense. The press continued to disrupt their half-court offense. They were all over Jake Stevens, cutting off all kinds of passing lanes and options, forcing him basically to shoot or bail and reset the offense. And then Sanford capitalized on a pretty stingy UTC defense. It came down to fouls. UTC was playing physical. They weren't, they weren't just letting Sanford glide by, get easy threes, easy dunks. It was like a tooth and nail battle that Sanford earned. I do not think the Jags earned that game at all. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think. Wait, wait. You so you said you said the Chargers lost the game. They lost the game. UTC and didn't lose the game. I I think that they. I don't think that they. I think they lost the game. UTC. They were up nineteen. Nineteen was sixty yeah. minutes left in the but, game. And, but Michael, this is why they didn't lose. Nothing really changed from half to half. Yeah, they stopped making Rather, Sanford's Sanford's continued efforts started to pay off. No, UTC It wasn't like it wasn't like the Chargers where UTC they, was shooting 60% from the field in the first half, yep, 54% from three. Could not miss. And then they started missing everything in the second half. Yep. And it's you can't because miss shots and win a basketball game. It's because Sanford cranked up the intensity just a tad more. They brought just a little more energy, probably due to the student section. But they cranked it up just just enough because they were so close in the first half to disrupting just as much as they were in the second half. But it wasn't they weren't quite getting out there. They weren't quite getting the tip on the pass or or you know bodying up the guy on the on the on the drive. I mean, is it true though that you can diagnose a game based on whether or not a team lost the game or a team stepped up and won the game? Because I think we use that terminology a lot. And certainly, like, the sports media does. And they say, oh, no, this team didn't win this game. The other team lost it. When yeah. I really think it's it's difficult to diagnose that because it is, yeah, the it actual is. perception of defense or of Sanford stepping up their defense could actually look like Chattanooga giving the game away. Does that make That's sense? That's a great point. And then yeah. for the Jacksonville yeah, game, for the Jacksonville game, 
you know, for the same, right? Jacksonville could totally have certainly their offense changed in the second half. We know that, right? Like, but well, like, yeah, Trevor time, Lawrence stopped throwing four interceptions. Right, exactly. So, like, diagnosing it and saying that like they didn't win that game that the that the Chargers gave it up. Yes, because the Giants throwing... didn't really do anything different other than they just stopped turning it over. They didn't go out and win the game. Trevor I Lawrence mean, just I stopped saw making Christian, mistakes. I, Saw Christian Kirk running all over that defense in the second half and making the right cuts and getting the ball and Trevor getting the ball in his hands and they won the game. And it's like, but see, that's what I'm saying is you can't diagnose it because the Chargers defense played really well in the first half and they obviously didn't in the second half, right? On the other side, I mean, I don't think the Chargers defense was that. I don't think they played that well in the first. I mean, yeah, they they got turnovers, but they uh, shut him out, though. Yeah, but that was because of turnovers. UTC had the best player, has the already crowned conference player of the year, basically. And we came back well, against 10. All right, here's the thing. Here's the the Jags thing. weren't coming back against the Chiefs or the Bengals or somebody with an elite quarterback. They were coming back against the Chargers. But you've said I mean, it so many times that UTC is not a team. They're Jake Stevens. That's facts, so we weren't coming back facts. against that's Jake facts. Stevens. We that's were coming facts. back against UTC. <laughs> that's facts. That's right, Mike. That's right. We didn't shut Jake Stevens down. He shot 50% from the field. And still oh, we shot him. Down. He only scored points. 19 points. He, he scored only 19. scored 19 points. It's below only? a season average. We dropped a season average like two points in that one game. It, it, I mean, it definitely felt, and I, I know we're going to talk about this game later, but it definitely felt like we shut him down. But then you look at it, and he still had 19 points. Well, so let's just watch the, the game. game. Let's talk about That's what good players do, though. Absolutely. What I was going to say is Michael is saying Sanford came back and won this game, not Chattanooga losing it. And you look at it, UTC had 12 turnovers. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't if, – if you guys know, I don't know when. But how many of those turnovers were in the second half? Probably I'm going to guess probably 70% of them. Because I'm not going to lie, Jeb. That first half sucked. Right. I thought UTC was going to run away with it. I – I actually, and I, I'm a pessimist, so like this says something. I didn't think the game was over at halftime. That's why I took notes on halftime stats because I wanted to see how much we improved in the second half. Because watching that game, it didn't seem like we like we weren't playing poor basketball. We just weren't yeah. hitting our shots, and they were. Yes, that that's a very fair point. It's the only reason that they were up 14 at halftime. The the tables that totally flipped a switch in the second half. And they stopped hitting their shots, and we started hitting our shots to where – and I read this stats off. At halftime, they were shooting 54% from three. We were shooting 22%. Those numbers, we shot better from three at the end of the game than they did. So, you know, like, honestly, we're recording this during the ETSU game. Sanford's currently up six. It That's kind of how the ETSU game started. They couldn't miss from three. We're up at halftime. And then now in the second half, they've kind of come back down to earth. So – this Chattanooga Sanford game came down to two things for me. Tell us, Trevor. It was the Sanford's free throw percentage and the turnover differential. Hey, wait! I think somebody pointed out field goals would be the difference last week. Who was that, Mike? <laughs> and then not. who proceeded to crap on me for calling that one out? Oh, free free throws, not field goals. Free throws. Oh, did I say field goals? Yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, oh yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm We're saying not talking about free throw box. percentage, field goal percentage. Yeah. Actually, Chattanooga shot 45% and we shot 40 But yeah, free throw percentage was it, right? We shot 70% and uh, we had the, we won the turnover differential. That's a great point, Jeb. I, just yeah. for fun, I looked up the like where everybody is statistically. And Sanford doesn't have the number one offense. We don't have the number one defense. We don't have the highest three-point uh, percentage or field goal percentage or free throw percentage. We don't have the most blocks, but... We have the number one turnover differential. That will win you a game right there. It'll win you a game in basketball. It'll win you a game in football. Yeah. It'll win you we'll a game the Chargers. in Chargers. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Two two turnovers in the second <laughs> half. Uh, well, with eight minutes, which is left, absurd. I'm sure, they had a couple more, but yeah. If you're trying to if you're trying to make a run back from 19 down, not turn the ball over. You know, obviously, that's kind of where the margin of error can so, so slim that. And in college basketball, it's so impressive. Well, what's interesting is largest lead was 19. And I know I said 16, but yeah, you guys are right. It was 19. Your turnover differential is five. That's a lot. So let's say that's 10 points, right? Yeah. 
Now, I mean, there could be a couple three-pointers in there, whatever, 10, 12 points, whatever, right? There's still six points, six, seven points there. Dude, State McCray just had a great play. Really? Uh, I wasn't looking. Um, Yeah, that's still six or seven points. I don't know where that, like, you would think, oh, maybe we got offensive rebounds or maybe we got more defensive rebounds. You probably have to look at the breakdown in the second half on rebound, defensive rebounds to see where that, I guess, possession differential went. But the well, six they, points well, we didn't were capitalize there. on every single turnover, right? No, 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 no. Surely, especially as the game kind of no, dragged I'm just on. Saying and, theoretically, like we didn't, right? But I'm just right, saying, yeah. if you look at what a turnover differential can get you, like that's the maximum output, right? Yeah, it's I like, see, that's I see. the difference, right, in the game. Yeah. Now, some of the other difference came in the free throw percentage, right? Well, uh, and the amount of time we were in the bonus ten minutes yeah, yeah. to go in the game, which right. is amazing. Yeah, Thank that you, we, that right, really that feeds the free throw percentage though. Like they and gave we were you getting that. some, we were getting some home cooking. There was a little home cooking. So here, let me ask you this: Sam. I'm going back to the first segment though on this. <laughs> if if we were in the bonus that early in the second yeah. half. Yeah. Did Samford come back and win, or did Chattanooga put themselves in foul Jed, trouble to win? The getting game, fouls the is game. a skill. Getting fouls is a skill. And especially if you're coming back, you know Bucky said, <laughs> get to the line as many times as possible because it stops the clock and it gets you points. Free That's points. the recipe for a comeback. Have you all ever noticed how if you're watching a, a game, because I noticed this in the Tennessee-Kentucky game on Saturday, which we lost, obviously. But, R.I.P. We, we uh, if you look at... Like, if you're ever watching a game and you notice that one team is racking up fouls, like Tennessee, it was like, I think with 10 minutes left in the first half, we had already, we already had eight fouls. So we were going to the, in the bonus and Kentucky had like one. And then Rick Barnes started yelling at the refs and we don't know what, but I'm assuming it's about <laughs> fouls because in the next like three minute span, Kentucky racked up seven fouls to where at halftime they were Dang. even on, right? So do you ever wonder, like, do refs ever, like, look up and realize, like, hey, we need to try to even this thing out? I don't know. I think they no, do. Absolutely dude, no, I think they do. I absolutely think me? they do. No, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm for real. I really think they do. Like, if a coach is getting on – Unless like, there's hey, some – I don't know. We could have a psychologist on to talk about this, but maybe there's some subconscious – Like, if maybe, I'm Rick Maybe Barnes, John I'm knows. Cool. If John's listening to the podcast, maybe he knows. But yeah, there's we'll got to be some we'll type of subconscious like bias toward the game or the outcome that people don't even know, and they're making calls. Like make I'm not talking about. I'm not talking, talking about, about subconscious. No, I'm talking about like in this game, Rick Barnes calls the ref over uh, at the time, <laughs> eight fouls to one. How do you only get one foul called against you in ten minutes of game time? And then you're not over the next three minutes, the refs just happen to call seven more fouls on Kentucky. <laughs> I think that the ref hears what Rick Barnes is saying and is like, "Ah, oh, crap! Like we gotta straighten up." Oh no, that happens all the time. Yeah, yeah all the you're time. Talking about there, like a player goes up. I mean, even when I played in high school, we would be like, "Ref, did you see what this guy's doing? Like he's pulling on me this way, or he's doing this and that." And yeah, that happens all the time. Right, that happens in football. That happens in whatever. And please, I mean, you say something, they're another human being. They're listening to you. <laughs> Yeah, they're probably going to pay attention. Time to, to call in the robots, Jeb. Time to get the robots in. <laughs> right. Should all be AI. All right, so I want to get to this. Because this was, and we touched on it. But how did we stop Jake Stevens? Now, Jake is going to get his points. We know that. But he didn't He didn't dominate the flow of the game in the second half like he kind of did in the first. And what? why do you all think that happened? I think defensive aggression. Yeah. We oh we and watch. were y'all shocked that Logan Die was on him? No, I I said didn't I say that in the last episode? And you're like, no way. If Logan dies, I said on no. Him, I said no lose. way. Even Cole Spivey with um, Southern Comfort Podcast, he had tweeted out before the game. Uh, Jermaine Marshall on Jake Stephen is much is must watch television. They, I don't think so anyone but you. In Michael the first half, that. from what I saw, they had Logan Die on him early. Yeah, they put Nathan Johnson on him to double, yep. and then they brought a, a core, a core in. And you know why they did that? Sure, sure. Foul Bucky trouble. turns out Bucky's actually a lot smarter than us. Oh, um, really? So as I was watching the game, I came to this conclusion: 
we stop Jake Stevens by stopping everything around him. So we we stop the cuts, you know, we stop the pick and roll, we stop the little uh, cross cross um, key three point pass. We we stopped like every immediate option that he had. As much now, not every well, possession, obviously, not but as pass. much as we possibly could. And it didn't right. It didn't work in the first half. Like they were getting wide open threes, couldn't miss. It was, but then in the second half, it all just clicked, and it made us look like freaking defensive geniuses. Like, what do you think the halftime adjustment was? Because you're right. Like, Jake I don't Stevens think there was such a good facilitator. I don't think like, there we, was. We were so good at doubling him down low when he got the ball, mm-hmm. but then he would he so easily finds the open man. It's so frustrating. He's his court vision is absurd. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I think we. I think Bucky kept the more athletic defenders on everyone else, disrupting the flow. Yeah. Because he understood that Jake's gonna do what Jake does, and that's gonna be basically score twenty points no matter what. Samford just uh, beat ETSU. Let's go, baby. That's a good win on the road. Yep. And uh, guess who's losing to Berman? UTC yeah. baby, let's UTC. get it. Go Paladins, boy. Yeah, what's our what's our score at? What's our score right now? I Ooh, mean, it's a closer point. game. Oh, it's over. But it's over. Seven. Furman won. Oh, okay, yeah. Right. And West Western Carolina just beat Walford. Dang, 76-71 right. West Carolina. Western Carolina. So competitive. UTC drops too, man. Ooh, interesting. Jake Stevens only put up eighteen. So back to back games were under right under twenty. Oh, that's terrible, Jake. Terrible. Well, okay. It it is terrible because he needs thirty five for them to win a game. Well, yeah, we saw that two two games before against VMI. Oh, okay. Before, all right, one more thing before we get off this game. Are we wrong about really? I saw that in your show notes, and I didn't know what you meant because I feel like we gave him some love last week. Well, no, we did. Well, we gave him redemptive love, but we were still not like sold. I didn't get the feeling we were sold. I think after after UTC and honestly tonight he had some really impressive plays, but UTC especially. I think he's good. He's Isn't a smart. Good? He's a smart player, and he showed some flashes of athleticism, like that nice yeah. little spin move drive layup. He's just not the quickest. He's just not the quickest player. No, but he's smart. You're right. He's smart, and he takes. He knows when he can when he can make a move. He know. Yeah, exactly. And he takes he knows, and he knows when he needs to attack, and he knows when he needs to distribute. I mean, if you watch him, like you, you used the term court general last week with Quest Glover, but like I think Jaron really is a court general. If you watch him at stoppages of play when he's in, like he's the one that's coaching the guys up, like the, commanding the offense, telling the guys where to go. He's very active with his hands as a point guard. I like, like that. I, I like I obviously we want Quest Glover back, but like when, if and when Quest Glover comes back, like Jaron really is still going to have substantial minutes. Yeah, I think he's, he's earned it. He's also, I think he's number two on the team in three-point percentage. Oh, really? Well, he's also top, I can't remember if it's four. He's top five in the conference in uh, assist-to-turnover ratio. He may be even like number two. Let me let me double check. Yeah, Jaron really number three in the conference, assist-to-turnover ratio. He's number 13 Crazy. in the conference in assists. Yeah. Yeah, like we don't really have anybody who's number one in, in any kind of statistic outside of, well, no, not even A.J. Staten. He's yeah, he dropped out in steals. He was number one last week. Yeah. I think we're all pleasantly, pleasantly surprised by how the team is coming together. I'm not pleasantly surprised. I'm just excited. <laughs> uh, that's why I mean, seven like, and nine conference play, I'm going to be honest. I'm not well. surprised about anything. I'm surprised in the sense that like the non-conference play at the beginning of the season was not what we expected it to be, right? Yeah, it's terrible. But we've been saying this over the last few weeks now. Here we are in conference play. Sanford at least is shaking up to be the team that we said they were and yep. who they are. And so I'm not surprised. And I'm excited. And the Furman game is kind of our last big test, but you know, of who are we really? We've played UTC. We've played UNCG. Yeah. The next big Giants, Furman. We'll preview that game on our next episode that'll drop on Monday. I mean, but, considering Western Carolina just beat Wofford. Yeah, Wofford's done for. Yeah. They lost their coach. They lost all their The coaching yeah. issue is just too, right, a little too right. much to overcome this late in the season. 
Well, I mean, West Carolina's been – so we play them on Wednesday. But WCU's good. Or Saturday. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But they're hot and cold. You know, they show flashes of being really good, and then they, they suck. Right. Right. You're right. Furman will be the test, the next test. I think Western yeah. Carolina will be a fine test, too. we got to win that game. Oh, it's a lose. Every game is yeah. – lo- even VMI is a losable game, which is terrible because yeah. it's just scary. All right, so let's get to our trivia question. I like this one. Really, really highlights just how elite of a coach Hatcher is. So, in Coach Hatcher's first season, we finished third in the nation in passing offense. After finishing outside the top 50, outside the top 50 the season before. Okay. Sanford has finished in the top five in passing five out of the last seven seasons. This past season, we were sixth. So, really, like, if you fudge it, we're like six out of seven seasons, top five in the nation, which is insane most during that time period by the way out of any team now what three schools have fin in that time in that same time period what three schools have finished in the top five at least twice at least twice since 2014 that was hatcher's first year uh no this would be since 20 the 2015 2016 season was hatcher's first year i'm shocked that we weren't in the top five this year with hires yeah i mean there were really good offenses this year. Yeah. And man, we were right on the cusp. Right. I think we were, t- we averaged like, we were four or five yards average short of being fifth. It was really tight. Yeah. Are we, are Jeb and I collaborating on this? Y'all can collaborate if you want. I'll be impressed either way. I'll be impressed if one of you gets it alone. North Dakota State, I, like, I know they're a defensive team and they're a running team, but they've had really good quarterbacks in that time frame. So, like, I'm wondering if North Dakota State's on there. With Trey All Lance of that is true. That North Dakota State's on there? Um, that they're really good at defense, are running team, and have had really good quarterbacks. All right. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, I want to say, like, Holy Cross and... So, Holy Cross is kind of a flash in the pan in the FCS level. They're usually not very good. Oh, I thought they were like a powerhouse. No. Jesse Kendall Bryles is going to TCU's offensive coordinator. Wait, what? Kendall Bryles, Bryles going to TCU as offensive coordinator. Oh, from Arkansas? Yeah. Spicy. Right? But Bryles back in the Big 12. Yeah, so, Michael, are you going to say yours, or do you just want to, like, think together? Do you have, do you have your guesses, Sam? <laughs> do you want to think together? <laughs> do you want to think together on this? Group project, like, back in the day? you want to combine brains? Um, <laughs> I'm going to say Southeastern Louisiana. That is correct. Jackson what? State. What three schools? What three schools have finished in the top five? But you're right, dude. Southeastern Louisiana yeah. is one of the three. That was my number one, yeah. Right. That is hype, Jeb. Look at uh, you. Bro. Not Jackson State. No. Okay, that was my two. Jackson State or Jacksonville State? Neither one. Okay. Well, Jacksonville State, yeah. I don't know. Uh, Michael, you Mercer? Mercer? Nope. No, 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 no. On Youngstown, there's one very obvious one. You're gonna kick yourself when I tell you UIW. No, but similar. Dang it! All right, that was it. Sorry, I got Those one. Those good, Jeb. One for three, baby. Uh, Sac State. Nope. Dude, I have they're no another. Point. I think they're another newcomer too. All right, give it to us. <laughs> All right, I'm... Eastern Washington. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. 2016, 2017, 2020, and 2021. What was the third one? They were usually number one. We were number one uh, in 2018, 2019, but they were usually number what one. What was the third one? Sam Houston State. Uh, oh, my God. I don't think I realized Eastern Washington was FCS. I wouldn't have guessed Sam Houston State. Yeah. Yeah, so those three schools. So Sanford's in pretty elite territory when you're talking about passing attack. So hopefully – Hatcher stays, and we kind of build off that and turn that into some dubs in the playoffs. I just knew, What's like, there? I just knew Southeastern Louisiana had that offense, and so I, yeah, I, sure, see, I was that sure that had me. to be one of them. That's surprise. I'm impressed because that one surprised me. The only one I would have guessed was Eastern Washington. Um, one that was a little surprising was Fordham. Fordham was like number one a couple really? of years, but just hmm. not in that time span. I'm shocked we were outside the top fifty. That year we had it was it Andy? Mm-hmm. That was the year before Hatcher got there, right? Andy yeah. Summerlin. Like, yeah, Andy Summerlin. Sophomore year. Sophomore year. Oh no, that would have been Devlin Hodges' first year, 2014 season. Here's a here's a 
trivia question. Where is Fordham <laughs> University? New it's York. in New York, right? Correct. What part of New York? <laughs> Fordham, um, New York. The Bronx. Buffalo. Is it in the – I don't know where specifically, but yeah, New York City. Yeah, Yeah, I don't know where in New York City, but yeah. I just knew it was in the city. It's where yeah. Trump went, right? Where do you think they play football? Did Trump go there? I oh, think I thought so. he went to UPenn or something. I don't know. Yeah, for grad school. Oh, okay. I think I'm pretty sure it was his undergrad at Fordham. I don't. I don't. I don't know though. Interesting. I haven't read Art of the Deal. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's get to the next segment. Next segment. So we have a fun little debate. It's the NFL. It's NFL playoff time. Obviously, my one of my favorite times of the year. And we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight remaining quarterbacks, including your cousin Jeb. We have Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs, Trevor Lawrence in the Jags, Josh Allen in the Bills, Joe Burrow in the Bengals, Brock Purdy in the Niners, Dak Prescott the Cowboys, Jalen Hurts in the Eagles, and your boy, Daniel Jones in the Giants. So between Michael and Jeb, Jeb, you're going to take first pick. I want you all to draft these quarterbacks in likelihood to win the Super Bowl. Just purely likelihood to win the Super Bowl. And why you're pick why and, do you think they are more likely? And their like team and weapons around them, like all that. Yeah, just their teams. Okay. No bias. You're allowed but to be we, as biased as you focusing want. on quarterback play here, like Yep. Yep. Cause like the Giants are obviously really good, but I don't think that the quarterback play elevates them, you know? So would you still take them? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right, Jeb, you're the a first pick. You're on the clock. That? Jeb, you are on the clock. Go all ahead, right, Jeb. So take the number one. So Sam put me <laughs> – well um, – Keep in mind, there's only one Super Bowl winning quarterback on this list. That's Mahomes. Which is exciting, I think, for the playoffs. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go – I'm going Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Yeah, he's he's won he's won the Super Bowl before. He's got the best weapons around him, in my opinion. Josh Allen might have the next best set of weapons in terms of you know Stephon Diggs, whatever. Burrow's actually got a pretty good. I was about to say Burrow's got a good squad. Um, yeah, there's definitely those. I mean, every kind of single one of these weapons. teams like has players. So yeah, it, no, that's Rick. I just obviously apart from my you know. Being a Giants fan and Daniel being my cousin. Uh, Wait, Daniel's your cousin? What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> cousin twice removed, but <laughs> pure, purely based on no bias, like no biases in the pick. Yeah, Mahomes. Okay, I respect that. All right, Michael, who you got? Yeah, I'm. I'm struggling not to approach this like picking the team I think is going to win the Super Bowl. Isn't that what Sam said though? You can approach but it however you want. Michael, he wants but... to focus on quarterback play, right? You're you're analyzing the odds of the Super Bowl through the quarterback lens. So Burrow's got to go through Josh Allen this weekend, and then likely Patrick Mahomes. That's, That's a tough. tough. That's a That's tough, a tough road, road to plow right there. But like Josh Allen, vice versa, has to go through right, right. The same two guys. Hurts. Honestly, Brock Purdy's looked pretty good. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with basically who do I think is gonna win this weekend? Bengals or the Bills? I'm going to go with Josh Allen. All right, I like it. I like it. All right, Jeb, who's your next pick? All right, Daniel Jones. Wow. Some might call that a reach with Joe Burrow still on the board, but we're going with the family, it's not a baby. Reach. It's not a going reach. With the family. Or as Brian Kelly says, family. You could argue that right now Daniel is the best dual-threat quarterback on that board right now. Yeah, he's White Vic, in, right? Isn't in the playoffs right now. He's balling out. Um, I know – I know Hertz has the running ability too, and he had that all season, but he's been hurt. He's hurt. And Hertz I think is hurt. the with Daniel and Saquon and having Saquon in the backfield, Isaiah Hodgins is playing super well. Yeah, kind of like Giants out of have, his mind. This is this is obviously super biased, right? Hey, that's what we're here for. We live for the bias. And obviously the I want the Giants to win the Super Bowl all the way, baby. We'll see you guys in Arizona, but <laughs> oh, that's where the Super Bowl is. Yeah, is it's, it? It's in Clinton. That sucks. Yeah, That'd be kind of cool. Um, oh, I've been there. The place is a dump. The stadium's nice, but the area around it sucks. It's in Phoenix, right? Yeah. yeah. Giants. Cool. Giants. Chiefs. Super Bowl. All All right. So you got Jones. All right, Michael. Who you got? Um, I, I mean, I, I think the easy answer here is Joe Burrow. 
Like yeah. that gives me, yeah, that gives me one Josh Allen and championship game. One of those yeah. guys is getting to the Super Bowl. You think so? Yeah, I. I mean, I would probably over take Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I would take Patrick Mahomes over both of them. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. All right, Jeb. All right, this you got, is now you got Trevor tough. Lawrence, now Brock yeah, Purdy, Dak Prescott, and Jalen Hurts. So kind of your second tier. It's been pretty chalk so tough. far. Um, I'm so interested to see what you're about to say. I think there's an <laughs> this one is so hard, guys. Uh, one because you've got the Cowboys and the Eagles sitting there. <laughs> yeah, uh, which we don't like them. Um, <laughs> and all, and then obviously Trevor Lawrence had a great game last week. I'm gonna go Brock Purdy. Oh man! Oh what? That's what I was gonna take. Yep. What? Y'all are both thinking. Y'all are both thinking Brock Purdy over Dak. Purdy yeah, and Daniel were the two best quarterbacks during the wild card weekend. Y'all must have not watched a lot of Iowa State football because uh, Brock Purdy's about to fall back to earth. Dude, I don't think you it matters, always. Sam. You always. Sam, you use can't that go vibe. look at someone's college <laughs> stuff and be like, "Look at this, hey, whatever." Jeb, Jeb, I can tell you from watching him, he was a seventh round pick. Okay, yeah, it's but- not just. So was Tom Brady. Sixth round, whatever. Okay, let's let's relax there with the Brady. I mean, Russell Wilson was a third round pick, and which is a there's a world of difference between a third round pick and a seventh round pick. I think Drew Brees might have been fourth or fifth. But what about what about uh, like a bunch of Drew Brees won? Drew Brees was a winner at Purdue. Brock Purdy was not a winner at Iowa State. He 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 collapsed in the biggest. Was Dak Prescott a winner in Mississippi State? Yes, he he led Mississippi State to be number one in America for a week. He did. Brock Purdy's about to enter his well, biggest Mahomes game. At Texas Tech. His biggest game. Well, he had Cliff. Um, so no, so but no. that was because Cliff Kingsbury was his coach, and he's allergic to winning. Brock Purdy is entering his biggest game in his career, and time after time, he folds like a house of cards. Cowboys yeah. roll two weeks in a row. Sam, name a time so. that Brock Purdy has folded in the NFL. Okay, well, he just started playing. Okay, but has San Francisco skipped a beat since he started playing? Quarterback? They play no. the Seahawks. They're the most quarterback. He's been the starter for several weeks. You had weeks Jimmy now. Garoppolo and Colin Kaepernick both take the 49ers to the Super Bowl, neither of whom are elite quarterbacks. The 49ers defy all logic when it comes to football. So then why are you trying to use logic on Brock Purdy losing to Dallas? Because we are analyzing this through the quarterback lens. He has And if we're to... just betting on the quarterback here, Brock Purdy's not your guy. And you're gonna you're gonna learn you're gonna learn whenever they play Saturday Sunday you're gonna see you're gonna see what I've been watching his whole career I've watched almost every Brock Purdy big game. Yeah, but you know you can't what I'm what I was saying earlier is you can't look at someone's college career and then say okay that is bound to repeat in the NFL. Sam does that. Uh, you can the when they're a seventh round pick. No, dude. No, oh, what about all the undrafted quarterbacks that have not just not that have done well in the NFL? Give us those. Give us those un, undrafted quarterbacks that have won in the playoffs. Give us those. Give us Tony that. Tony Romo was it? He Kurt did not Warner win in the undrafted? playoffs. The Cowboys have not won a divisional round game since 1995. Well, Brock Purdy has already done more than that. Though Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner wasn't drafted. No. He was undrafted. I just said that he's you stole your guy. It from me. He's your banner guy, oh, right I, there. I didn't Kurt hear you, Warner. Michael. I'm sorry, but yeah, Kurt Warner. Smart. I just want the listeners to know. What'd you say, Mike? Uh, I just I just said Kurt Warner earlier. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That's a very very good. He's awesome. Devlin Hodges <laughs> did oh, not win a playoff game. He made it to the playoffs, didn't he? Uh, Jake Delum. He was undrafted. Undrafted went to the Super Bowl. Love that, dude. That's a he's a, another really cool story. He went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't know. There's Here's two. The did Warren Moon win a? You can't get too far back because then it's a different game. Well, that's seventies, right? Yeah, but the draft was probably 80s, so much 80s. different back then. Yeah, eighties. He was drafted in seventy-eight. Yeah, so I don't know if he. I don't know if he won a playoff game. I can't. Kurt Warner is a is a great example. Jake Delhomme's pretty good too. He's yeah. not Kurt Warner good, obviously. So, I mean, are we saying that like those two guys were undrafted? So Brock Purdy was but at those least are the drafted. To the rule. Those are the exceptions to the rule. Okay. Do we have another exception to the rules happening in twenty twenty two? I don't see it, but I'll come on. I'll apologize to Brock Purdy. 
<laughs> anyway, I mean, if, I'm taking Brock Purdy because y'all are, the Cowboys are and the Eagles are losing anyway. So I'm with Jeb on that. So I know, and I love it because I can't wait to watch that game now. All right, so who you got, Mike? You got Dak or Jalen? You're just assuming I'm not taking Trevor Lawrence. Oh, and Trevor Lawrence. Sorry, Ooh, yeah, I'm taking Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I'm gonna make Jeb choose the NFC. Dude, I would. Team. I would have picked Trevor over those two guys too. Oh my gosh. Who's it going to be, Jeb? Dak Prescott or Jalen Hurts? And, and we're going to send this to Twitter to see who wins. I'm going with Prescott. Okay. I guess I'm by default Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. And you know what? Y'all are going to really kick yourselves when if – I don't know if he will, but if Jalen Hurts comes back healthy and plays plays well. Because he, he would have been a, a steal in this draft. All right, so Jeb, your team was Patrick Mahomes, then Daniel Jones, then Brock Purdy, then Dak. Michael, yours was Josh Allen, then Joe Burrow, then Trevor Lawrence, then Jalen Hurts. If I'm judging it, I think Michael wins because yeah, Michael's so floor too. is higher than Jeb's. And that's just because I'm so low on Brock Purdy. He's like lower than the floor. He's like the subfloor. But it's the playoffs and it's all about ceiling, baby. <laughs> Let's go. He also has the lowest ceiling. His, is, his ceiling is the floor. <laughs> Sam, I love it when you're so obviously wrong. Oh, I know. It's so fun to be wrong. Except it'll, it'll be always right, like, Michael. It'll be interesting. I think the NFC Championship game, Giants, 49ers. You were – it's Giants-Cowboys. It's going to be an epic classic. The Cowboys are winning their first divisional game since 1995, as I said. Dak's going to look like the hero only for Daniel Jones to swipe the crown off of his head and become the new Eli Manning, and the New York Giants will be your Super Bowl champs. I like where you're going there. You're not wrong about that. I could see it happening. I could also see it all coming crashing down to earth as the sheer power of Josh Allen and Joe Burrow or Patrick. Any of the three elite AFC quarterbacks just ruins any NFC party in the Super Bowl. Yeah. We'll see. All right. Let's get to the next segment. Stay at the SoCon. I really I enjoyed that, guys. That was fun. Yeah, hear. that was fun. But we're going to send that to Twitter. We're going to send those two teams, Jeb's team, Michael's team, see what the people think. All right. So Sanford is undefeated. We're seven and zero. All right, let's see what our, the, the the new standings are after the games tonight. So Sanford's still on top, obviously. We know that UTC lost, so they dropped to three and four on the conference. Sanford's still undefeated. UNCG still second. Furman is right there though, five and two. Uh, West Carolina won. Wofford lost. So West Carolina actually moves ahead of UTC. UTC and Wofford are both three and four. And ETSU. So those three teams are all coupled together, and that is not something Mox fans probably thought they'd be hearing. Especially no. at the level of play Jake Stevens has been playing. Furman, that Furman UNCG game was, we didn't talk about it, but UNCG was down, I think, 12 with. Oh, I like, thought it was over. Uh, I didn't even look to see who won because I just had assumed Furman finished them off. Oh, did you not hear what happened? No. UNCG came back to force overtime and then just crushed them in overtime and they won by like eight. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was arguably a better come, not, probably not a better comeback than Sanford, but. Right up there. Yeah, that's awesome. First game of the year. I love that for the Spartans. I think UNCG or ETSU are becoming my second favorite SoCon squads. I don't think you can like UNCG when they're now like our biggest threat. But we beat them. Yeah, we got to play them again. I mean, we can still like them from the perspective of uh, yeah, from a fan the conference. Stuff. All right, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I am the one who like picked them to finish, you know, in the top three or whatever. Yeah, dude, that's looking really solid right now. It's looking solid. But yeah, I mean, when it comes to like if you're playing Sanford, then obviously yeah, Sanford we're biased. All, yeah. all, the, yeah. all the way. Okay, so this weird stat, y'all. ETSU undefeated on the road, yet to win a game at home. What? ETSU? Yes. I don't think it matters what? that much, what man. What does that even mean? I, I don't. Yeah, that's wild. I, you remember what... Uh, well, I guess both Tay and Kendall mentioned it, but the level of having like a home crowd or whatever mm-hmm. in the SoCon, whether it's football or basketball, I'm not sure it makes like much of an impact to their points. I think it depends on what what the crowd is, because they because Kendall mentioned West Car- Western Carolina as just yeah, that's dogs. true, that's true. Well, no, it's not to Off say there roster. aren't good home crowds. I'm just saying, and then I would say, ETSU. like of all the crowds I've watched so far, Sanford's student section has been the best. Oh, for yeah, sure. what are for sure? But I'm, we're talking about 
you asked about ETSU. Yeah. And Their watching the game not, tonight did not look like they had much of no, a crowd. No. And so it, not at all. it might, I mean, is there some type of reverse psychology that happens when a team's at home and they're like, supposed to be like, down. they're supposed to be picked up by their fan base and yeah. there just isn't one. <laughs> yeah, no, that could be. You know, versus like, we're all like, we're all together on the road as a unit going to fight this battle against mm-hmm. this other team at, at their home. And so Which doesn't it's make almost sense. like when you go to the enemy's court, you like band together and are more motivated than if you're like at your court feeling like you have yeah. to defend it all the time. I think that's what oh, yeah. it is. No, I think you're right. And it doesn't make sense because it seems like ETSU would have an incredible fan base. So I'm looking does, at the yeah. average attendance. They're actually number one in the conference in average attendance for home games. Well, they and need to start drinking some more beer at the home games. They drink moonshine up there, man. <laughs> they get their corn in a jar. But so to Sanford's <laughs> point, yeah. Sorry, I should have laughed at that. I was about to say that's Rocky Top Line. That's uh, yeah, that's my song. That's my jam. Michael's like, did someone <laughs> mention Tennessee? <laughs> Sorry, I was going to put my overalls on. Uh, UTC, ETC, I can't talk. ETSU and Chattanooga are the top two teams in terms of attendance, which doesn't surprise me because those are probably they're they're pretty big schools, right? Yeah, those are probably the biggest. UNCG might be up there in terms of size, mm-hmm. but Sanford is number three. Oh, Western Carolina. There's yeah, I was about a to big, say, we're not small. There's a big drop off, but well, yeah, Wofford's the smallest D one school in America, I think. Well, At least that's that what explains their one thousand. Average fans per home game. It's more than VMI. Anyways, I think the Sanford fans have been great. Now that they're back from from winter vacation and everything, or winter break. Yeah, they've been great. I mean, we didn't really talk about it, but I I really think they were in it while we were down 19. Like, they were still going crazy. Yeah. Well, Bucky made a good point after the game. Was we won by one point, and he's like, do you not think the fans accounted for at least one point in that game? Yeah. So, which I thought was a good point. Like they were, they were big time. I have a, no, I have a matters. makeshift trivia question for you guys about Sanford basketball. Let's get it. And you might have heard it if you were watching the Sanford game today. Sanford is, I think, twenty fifth in the country in three points made this season. Mm-hmm. What, what place do you think they are in the SoCon? Seventh. Twenty fifth in the whole country out of three hundred ninety eight teams. Sixth in the in the SoCon. Ask the question Jed. again. Sanford is, I think, like 25th in the country in three points made this season. Right. Three-point field goals made. What what rank do you think they are in the SOCON? Like out of the 10 SOCON teams? I'm going back to 7th. I'm going back to 7th. Let's say 3rd. All right, well, they were 5th. Isn't that crazy, though? Dang, I should have stuck with 6th. Yeah, it is crazy. I saw that five. UTC is 5th in America. Or third in America. Yeah, five, five, really? half of our half of our whole yeah. conference is in the top twenty-five and three-point field goals made. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna guess like insane. three or four teams in the conference were, but like that is wow. If you catch this, if you catch the right SoCon team at the wrong moment, you could get upset in the first round of the NCAA. I mean, this conference man. is is famous for that, right? Even with Davidson, yeah. Which I think it was so the same right. way last year. Yeah. Yeah, we had three or four in the top ten last year. Think about how interesting it would be if Davidson was still in the conference. Man, that'd be fun. Are they good? Oh, are they good Jake? now? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I mean, I have coach, no idea. coach left, so or Jake Stevens will likely beat out Steph Curry's record for most SoCon player of the week Which award. Which is so annoying. I know. Because, like, it's so cool to say Steph Curry played in our conference. A guy that's going to go down as one of the best basketball players ever played in the SoCon. Yeah. And no offense to Jake Stevens, but he's not going to be as big as Steph Curry ever. You don't know. We can we can guess. You're right. I don't know. But what was he like the 12th overall pick in the draft? He was drafted into the oh, seventh. seventh. See, Grant Williams tweeted out about your cousin Jeb after they beat the. Oh no, I didn't. Well, Grant Williams is from Charlotte, and I think they played basketball yeah. with each other. Tweeted out about the Charlotte connection. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, so I updated our last little bit on the SoCon. I updated the net rankings and nothing really changed. Furman, UTC, UNCG, and Sanford all kind of like shifted up a little bit. Like Furman's up to 128, Sanford's at 144, so that spread's kind of tightened. Um, Or no, UNCG's at 123, so it's 123 to 144. But then there's a pretty significant (laughs) drop-off for the third tier of Walford, who's at 220, 
down to Mercer at 247. And then an even steeper drop off when you get to ETSU at 291 and VMI to 342. I was surprised they were ahead of Furman, frankly. You were surprised UTC wasn't ahead of Furman? No, that UNCG was ahead of Furman. Because uh, when I saw that Sanford was at 144. Yeah, that is kind of surprising. Well, UNCG did just beat Furman, so. Right, but we had beaten UTC as well. So I was I was sitting there, I was surprised that we were 10, 10 teams yeah, back yeah. from UTC. We do have losses to NAIA teams. <laughs> Shh, we don't. Yeah, that was the preseason, okay? That was the preseason. We're undefeated, baby. Is there anything else y'all want to hit on the SoCon? Oh, let's talk about let's talk about the pick'em right quick. Oh yeah. All right. So at the end of so Jeb, we really need to give you a shout out here for your participation. Um, it's just been through the roof, man. <laughs> through the my roof. lack of pretty. Participation. Uh, all right. So Wait, yeah, actually, so, maybe I should go back and fill it in now. Yeah. Retroactively, right. I might do better. What if, without looking at the <laughs> final, just pick them? We need a total. All right. Down so the what if I went right through now. all the final scores of all these games and then picked them? What do you think? No, that's the isn't that that's what I do every zero by Michael that. Just kidding. <laughs> all right. So the scoreboard through three weeks. Michael and I are tied. We're at 16. Oh, baby. And then the UNCG student paper is at 15. The ETSU student paper is at 14. The Sanford student paper is at 11. The Furman is at 6. And Wofford just isn't participating. So. And Jeb and Eli. Eli's at 9. And Jeb's at 4 and Eli's at 9. I'm at 4. Yeah. You want to want a cookie with those you, points? You want to brag about that a little more, Jeff? <laughs> I mean, I oh, whoa, let's update it. Let's update it. Dang it. I was the only one to pick Wofford. I don't know that I can I pick them about that too. for the rest of the year. Sucks. Okay, so the updated, uh, just, I guess, Michael, you had picked Sanford. I had picked Sanford. I had picked Furman. You had picked Furman. All right, so Michael, you have the, the new lead. Yes. You are ahead. Oh. You have 19 points, baby. I'm at 18. It's big time. That Wofford game, man, really, really kicking me. Why? Why? Because I went Wofford? Wofford since everyone else was Western Carolina. I was like, you know yeah. what? I'm gonna get that point. That did not work out. But our picks for the other games. So we have Citadel at UNCG, Mercer at VMI, Citadel at VMI, ETSU at UTC, Mercer at UNCG, and then Western Carolina at Sanford, Furman at Wofford. So those last seven games ending on Saturday. Mike, you went with UNCG over Citadel, Mercer over VMI. VMI over Citadel. I like that pick. I had that same pick. Yeah, they've got to get a win at some point. That's their chance. Yep, I agree. I think I might switch this ETSU-UTC game, though. No, I think it's... Week It's locked already? No, it's week four. I just like... Is UTC going to lose twice in the same week? Three three in a row? But is ETSU going to lose on the road? They're undefeated on the road. But their road games have been easy and their home games have been hard. So that's why. Don't think about it that much. Uh, you have ETSU over UTC at the moment. You, sounds like you're going to change. UNCG over Mercer. That's That seems pretty clear. Um, although, the, I love this. So the UNCG guy, Ethan, he's awesome. He said his strategy is just to pick against UNCG because they keep on winning. Um, and so, like, once again, tonight he had Citadel over UNCG. And he has uh, Mercer over UNCG. I <laughs> uh, love, to, love to see the uh, the superstition. All right, so before we get to shout outs, there's I wanted to do one more thing because we kind of hit on it, but I want to get y'all's picks for the weekend: Jags, Chiefs, Giants, Eagles, Bengals, Bills, Cowboys, Niners. Go. Well, I have Trevor Lawrence on my team now. <laughs> I'm gonna go Chiefs. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I want to say Bills, but my heart is telling me my heart is telling me Bengals. So I'm going to go Chiefs, Bengals, 49ers, <laughs> Jab just for you, Giants. All right, I'm going to go Chiefs over the Jaguars, Giants over the Eagles, Bills over the Bengals, and 49ers over the Cowboys. Wow. I'm going to go. Sam just likes the Cowboys because he's his family's from Texas. I hate the Cowboys. Nah. I bet every Christmas. I bet. On the Christmas game, I bet against the Cowboys, and I win almost every year. <laughs> so, Christmas spending, dude. I when I was a kid, I would double. I would bet with my uncles because they're big Cowboys fans. 
I remember one year, my uncle still owes me. I bet him $100 that the Eagles would beat the Cowboys, and he took the bet just straight up. Eagles won. He still hasn't paid me. That was about 15 <laughs> years ago. That's fine. Yeah, Bubba, if you're listening, you owe me 100 bucks. So I'm going Jags. I think the Chiefs will win, but I can't. I'm, I'm on the Duval bandwagon, baby. Give me the Jags. Give me the Giants. Big. Uh, I don't think Hurts is 100%. Uh, Let's go. Give me the Bills. Give me the Bills because I hate the Bengals. And give me the Cowboys just to spite y'all about Brock Purdy. Otherwise, I'd be going Niners just for the defense and Dak up. <laughs> defense wins championships. <laughs> It does, and they got a very good one. They like the 49ers have an elite everything but quarterback. And they they're probably, so I mean, good the at every other position. Pretty good too. They are. They are. But it's Dak, bro. Like he's gonna choke. He's gonna throw four interceptions. <laughs> That's not what you were saying earlier that. about Brock Purdy. You were saying Brock Purdy's gonna choke. Well, I know. That's why I'm so conflicted on this game. You got two big chokers right there. Well, someone Dak clearly has a choke. Dak has everything riding on this game. Who cares, Brock Purdy? Why should he care? He doesn't. No, I, I'm with you. He There's no pressure on Brock Purdy. Sitting on his no, couch. I mean, he cares. Of course he cares. No, no, no. He wants to. Of course he cares. But there's no, there's no but, uh, exterior pressure, so to speak. Like, yeah, you're Dak right. Has so Jerry Jones is going to be riding down every single well, step. Here's Dak the thing, Prescott dude. makes. Brock Purdy's. All right, this is a question. Final trivia, not trivia, just a question, <laughs> debate question. Is the guy Brock Purdy at this point for the 49ers and no. what happens to Trey Lance? Dude, you know why the 49ers fall into this trap? Is because the rest of the rest of their team is so good, it makes these average quarterbacks look better than they are. They shouldn't have been piddling around with Jimmy G for so many years. They shouldn't have been piddling around with uh what's the guy? Nick Mullins. And they shouldn't have been piddling around. Who was the other guy this year who started? Not 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 Trey Lance. Um did they have oh, somebody I guess it was Jimmy G. Yeah. yeah they had they uh, that guy Who's that guy with the, with the BGA? You're right. There is that other kid. Played with some of our friends. Uh, yep. yep. I beat him in the playoffs. CJ, it was a giant upset. CJ something. They thought they were gonna CJ, CJ um yes. Yes. Yeah. They thought they were going to roll us, but the boys in blue, baby, we came through. The 49ers need to stick with their elite prospect in Trey Lance. He might not be good. Who knows? But there's going to come a day where they where they don't hit on every draft pick like they have been, or they don't make some great trade where they have been, and they're not going to be that good at every other position. And they're going to be wishing that they had an awesome court. Trent Williams has to retire at some point. It is so impressive, the amount of talent on that roster. It's it's absurd. Which the Titans just hired as their new GM, their director of player development or something like that. Because they're going so into a rebuild. Let's hope he can bring some of that magic to Nashville. The only magic that ever happened in Nashville was the Music City Miracle. <laughs> not the 2017 draft. Yeah, no, 20... Nashville is not exactly championship town. I don't think the city of Nashville has a single championship to its name, except for Vanderbilt baseball and Vanderbilt women's bowling. <laughs> You think I'm kidding? Uh, no, Vandy baseball is no joke, but women's bowling, that's hilarious. All right, let's get to shout outs. I cannot wait for this 49ers Cowboys game. <laughs> oh, so I, guess, I guess the other game. magical thing was UNC beating uh, Tennessee in the Music City Bowl, too. But <laughs> what, you call refs collusion magic, Jeb? Yeah, let's what chill. Worst. Let's chill. Any performances like, I've ever seen. Just Clemson championship run in the ACC championship. The onside kick. That was such – oh, my gosh. Yeah. Let's not even get started on that. Track. All right, shout-outs. <laughs> uh, let's see. Michael. You giving me a shout-out? <laughs> giving Michael a shout-out this week. What did Michael do? Show up to work? He's just been a very loyal Tennessee fan his entire life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, – That is savage. UNC defeating him in the Music City Bowl was uh, – Probably 13 years ago. That happened before I knew Michael, but I knew something magical happened that day. So shout out to Michael. I'm going to give a shout out to the Kansas Jayhawks for whooping that UNC booty in the national championship last year. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to give a shout out to the Sanford student section against UTC. Yeah. We talked about it earlier in the show, but they were big time. You know, saved the whole game on a Saturday night when we were down 19 in the second half, and they mm-hmm. helped us pull out a win. So that was pretty awesome. Uh, my shout-out is to Jaden Campbell for giving us that electrifying dunk against Walford last Wednesday night. 
I mean, that thing was insane. We need a lot more of that, Jaden. I loved it. I want to see a lot more highlights, baby. Give me the big dunks. Give me the big dunks. Jaden Campbell, beast. Low-key, I think he's the most athletic guy on that roster. Hey, 6'5", junior. He's from Canada. Didn't know that. That wraps up episode nine or our fourth State of the Bulldogs. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. State of the Bulldogs out. Hey, you already know. You know, Sanford, about to get that ring, man. Hey, love y'all. We love y'all.